Hello everyone, I'm Blake Farha. And I'm Jasmine. And we are your tour guides into Sleep County. We will be reading you beautiful, peaceful stories written by the one and only Jazz Meyer to help lull you into a soft, pleasant state where you can drift sweetly into a nice, restful evening of deep, restful, and fulfilling sleep. Um, and tonight, Jazz has a brand new story for us, which I'm very excited about reading for you all. And before we get started and before we move forward with the evening's story, if you are touched or moved by Jazz's beautiful writing, you can find all of her work and all of her musings on life, on humans, on nonviolent communication at liberationandlove.com, on Instagram as well at liberationandlove. Jazz, can you tell us a little something that has happened recently that really filled your heart up? Actually, something very small and very simple. Um, yesterday, my partner told me that I looked beautiful, and that that really filled my heart up. That made me happy. Oh, wow. It was a nice, yeah, easy, beautiful, loving moment. You know, it's so funny that you say that because uh, actually I am I was spending time with one of my dearest and closest friends, Violin, uh, yesterday, and... Uh, yeah, we just had a moment where we were sitting together and I just, she was so radiant, you know, honestly, just so beautiful. And I, I said the same thing, just, you, you look so, so beautiful. I think she was quite shocked. I don't think she quite anticipated uh, hearing something like that. And, uh, you know, because we don't often say these types of things, especially to people who are not like our partners or people we're not sort of like <laughs> legally obliged to say nice things to. Um, and it's funny that it, that she had such a positive reaction. And I'm curious, what was it about this this simple word that had such an impact on you? Hmm. Uh, I think more than anything, it's just being seen. Mm. I think it's something, yeah, maybe we miss out on sometimes. Like, life is so full of distractions mm. that we we tend to look past each other a lot of the time. Mm. I think yeah. it just comes naturally, of course. Yeah. But yeah, in those those moments when somebody really sees you, it's very touching. It's very refreshing. Yeah. I was really happy to see um, how touching it was, you know, for my friend to hear those words, and it, it made me. It reminded me how important it is that we share these little things with each other. You know, it's so easy to presume people know how you feel about them, or all the things they're great at, or all the wonderful things that they're doing. We presume that they know so well. We're so quick to point out the things that people do poorly or things that are wrong, but we so often forget the importance and the beautiful weight of some positive encouragement or just a moment of recognition and the effect that that can have on people. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad you got to experience that. And I hope that anyone listening remembers to say something really genuine and nice to the people around them. And when you feel inspired, when you feel motivated, when you feel uh, just impressed by somebody and something that they do or you, you see something wonderful it's so important to share those little things it really has such a big impact on people mm -hmm. yeah definitely I th yeah those are the things we remember mm -hmm. I think the things that stick out yeah absolutely so Jazz tell us a bit about tonight's story I haven't read it so I'm I, I, I like this setup I like re you know coming into this little conversation cold and not knowing about the story I'm excited to hear so tell us what we're about to read this evening yeah sure um, so tonight's story is called The Garden of Earthly Delights. Hieronymus mm, Bosch. This is from... Exactly, exactly. I love this title, actually, just this phrase, The Garden of Earthly Delights. It's so perfect. It's so beautiful. Mm. And um, yeah, it felt like the right title for, um, for this story. The story describes a garden that I was in. I, 
I was staying in this tiny little cottage in the south of Portugal uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago. And um, yeah, seeking refuge there from the winter rains. And it was just the most beautiful, tranquil, peaceful place. So um, yeah, this is just a morning spent in that little paradise. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I can't wait to read it. A story about a peaceful, joyous place full of earthly delights. Can you tell us about a few of the earthly delights we're going to experience in tonight's story? For sure. There's um, what, what sticks out in my mind very clearly from this time was the oranges. The last oranges of the season were still on the mm. trees. And um, yeah, like eating one of these oranges, there's just there's something special about eating fruit freshly picked from the tree. It's It's a transcendent experience at the same time as being a very earthly one mm -hmm. um yeah the the smell of the grass the the moistness of the of the earth i was not wearing shoes so everything was being uh, transmitted to me through my feet which is another very wonderful experience mm -hmm. um and then yeah at the bottom of the land there was a, a beautiful river just a very peaceful river and sitting there in meditation was, um, yeah, I think one of the most, mm, one of the most touching meditative experiences I've probably ever had. Wow, this sounds really exciting and, and so, uh, yeah, so like this word, earthly, you know, mm. um, like you're right, eating, eating fruit from the vine is, it's, uh, it's a moment of commune with, with nature and yeah, exactly. It's, it's so nice to be reminded that like, yeah, this, this planet that we're living on, it, it nurtures us, it, it provides for us, and we are a part of that ecosystem, and we're a part of that give and take. And it's so easy to forget that when all of your fruits and vegetables come from the supermarket, but when you're in the nature and you're, you pick, you pluck that, that mm. fruit, that juicy fruit off the tree, and you're reminded like, oh yeah, that's right, mm -hmm. this is where it all comes from. Mother Earth is what, is what gives this all to me. It's so wonderful. Yeah, that's something that, that really touches me, actually. I think having like having distinct knowledge of where your food comes from for me is just it's one of the most beautiful things like it just feels so primal it feels it feels right mm. um and especially growing your own food like energy in energy out it's just it's a closed system mm. i think it's really beautiful i'm very excited about reading this uh, very earthly story jazz so thank you so much for writing it i'm looking really forward to uh yeah i'm looking forward to digging into it yeah i'm really looking forward to hearing you read it and um so without further ado, for all of you listening, this is The Garden of Earthly Delights. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you in Sleep County. Okay. As we prepare for tonight's story, gently close your eyes and snuggle into bed. Allow yourself to find the position that feels just right. And when you found that perfect spot, all wrapped up in your covers. I'd like you to take a nice, slow, deep breath, letting the worries of the day drift away as you exhale. Imagine the air simply falling into your belly and your chest as you breathe in, almost without effort. And as you breathe out, Imagine the breath falling out of you again, effortlessly. Take a moment to feel the bed beneath you. 
that's gently supporting all the curves of your body. Take a moment to notice the feel of the fabric of your pajamas or your bed sheets as they rub against your skin. Take a moment to notice the temperature of the air in the room against your face. Release any tension you might be feeling, starting with the muscles in your face. One by one, just allow them to go slack. Really let them loosen up. Now we're going to scan all the way down our body, starting from the top of our head. Slowly start from the top of your head and scan all the way down. And as you slowly scan down your body, notice the muscles in each part of your body. Try to feel which ones are tense and just lightly let them loosen up. Let's start with our shoulders, our arms, and our chest. Slowly let them relax and just let go. Keep scanning down, noticing any tension and releasing it. Move your attention to your belly your lower back. Let those muscles loosen up and let your body really sink into the mattress. Release any tightness in your thighs, your knees, your calves, and your feet. Wiggle your toes just to keep things nice and loose. And now, enjoy for just a moment that feeling of total relaxation, your body totally at ease. And now, The Garden of Earthly Delights by Jazz Meyer. The orange trees were heavy with fruit, the last harvest of the season. And as I strolled lazily through the garden, I stopped before one of the stout, jovial trees to taste of its gifts. Silently giving thanks to the tree, I wove my hand between the waxy leaves to grasp one of those ripe treasures. And with a gentle turn of the wrist, I freed the orange from its branch, watching the sun glint off its shiny peel and breathing in the citric scent of its oils. It was November in Portugal, and while the rest of the northern hemisphere was wrapping itself in layers and turning to hibernation, I was standing outside, under the sun, in a little garden paradise. The place emanated a sense of peace and well-being, I was surrounded by an endless palette of different shades of green. The rich, lush grass was lively with ladybugs 
and butterflies, the air fragrant with warm earth. With orange in hand, I made my way up the winding garden path to the cobblestone porch, shaded by flowering loquat trees. Their sweet perfume had attracted a party of bumblebees, heavily dropping from flower to flower, getting drunk on the tree's rich nectar. At a low wooden table, I sat, the dappled light dancing across my skin. Here, in the cool of the shade, I soaked in the view before me. Beside the loquat trees languished a sleepy pomegranate tree, the last of that year's fruits hanging heavily from its spindly branches. Some had split under the warm autumn sun, the ruby gems inside spilling out like a handful of precious jewels. At the base of this little orchard, the ground was covered with creeping vines, their leaves a pale green. This twining carpet wound its way up a series of lattices that soon arched overhead and formed a thick ceiling of foliage and the front door of the little stone house I sat beside. They were passion fruit vines, and at that moment they were in full flower, their fractal blooms adorning the canopy, snaking along the walls of the house, decorating the odd-shaped windows that punctuated the building's face. The bees hung there, too, visiting each flower as though greeting friends and relatives. I'd arrived at this sanctuary seeking refuge, a warm, dry place to stay for the winter, in anticipation of the rain that marked this season. I'd come from the north, from an unfinished house and a leaky roof and the threat of a wet winter. But here, the rains hadn't yet arrived, and I found myself in something of a time warp, a perpetual season of in-betweens. In contrast to the extremes I'd come to expect from the rest of the country, here, it was temperate, a comforting cradle to a weary traveler. I was grateful for the rest and nourishment I knew this place would afford me. Smiling gratefully to the garden, I turned to my orange, slipping the nail of my right thumb into the waxy peel, slowly working my thumb under the thick skin. Gently, I made a path between the peel and the fruit, watching the fibrous pith softly break away as I unwrapped the orange. I had always thought there was something very special about harvesting food straight from the garden. There's a primal satisfaction to it, a private exchange of energy between the elements of nature of which we are a part. An orange picked straight from the tree tastes better, if only because of the awareness that is picked up with it. All my attention was focused on this fruit, the rich hue of its peel, dimpled with tiny translucent specks of citric oil, some bursting into a fine mist as I broke through the skin, the dazzling white of the pith 
cloudy and soft as cotton. The shiny, diffused translucence of each section's skin, holding in the warm, dust-orange fruit. I was cleaving apart the orange now, each section giving a little resistance before coming off into my hand. The pieces were weighty, heavy with juice, sweetened by the autumn sun. And I was right. It did taste better straight from the tree, and I savored each piece as a precious morsel. I was absorbing the energy of the fruit, the energy of the tree, the energy of the earth, the energy of the sun. I felt deeply connected to it all through the simple act of eating. When my tiny feast was over, each piece of fruit enjoyed to its fullest, I ambled through the garden for a while. My bare feet met the earth, kissed by the soft grass that covered the swaths of land that lay around me. That feeling of connection permeated every step as I dotted the garden with softly fallen footprints. The cool of the soil contrasted the warmth of the day, bringing me into a harmonious balance. As I followed the oft-traveled path through the lush green garden, I took note of the trees and plants around me. Tended with great care over the years, the garden boasted plenty of fruits. The orange grove extended down the slope of the land, more loquats dotted amongst it. Another pomegranate lined the path, a few last fruits clinging obstinately to its uppermost branches. An ancient carob tree crouched in one corner of the land, surrounded by a carpet of shiny black pods, the sickly sweet scent of them following me on the wind. Down a few lovingly built wooden steps, a juniper bush was scattered with its dark blueberries. I brushed my hand through its leaves, catching a few berries as I went, and, crushing them, caught the unmistakable fragrance of a good gin. Beside the juniper was staked a wooden sign, shaped like an arrow and endearingly askew. Across it was written, in friendly, colorful letters, To the river. So, to the river, I went. At the edge of a small field, at the very bottom of the land, I picked my way through a thicket of canes, towering above me in a crisscrossed mess of green and brown. The house and its passion fruit canopy washer above and behind me now. It seemed I'd crossed through three or four different gardens since then, each terrace a world of its own. Here, the air was cool, the grass thicker, lusher, a deeper shade of green. There was a damp that hung on the air and in the ground, brushing my feet with each step. Through the canes, I heard the unmistakable sound of running water, the tinkle of the stream tumbling over rocks, the burbling of eddies swirling in the shallows. 
the soft whispering of the flow perpetually moving by. On the stalks before me, I saw the marbled reflection of light hitting water, and then I was upon it, the river opening up to me like a floor of glass, glistening in the sunshine. The canes stopped at the fringe of a meager ledge, raised slightly above the water. The ground below was lined with white pebbles and stones, leading down to the water's edge and into the shallows. I could see, through the crystalline water, the stones petered out into a riverbed of fine sand. I sat for a while in the shade of the cane thicket, breathing in the freshness of the cool air and taking in this paradisal setting. The sky was a perfect azure, the air golden with the sun. I closed my eyes, taking in a deep, measured breath and listening to the birds sing in the trees around me. Folding my legs beneath me and closing my eyes in meditation, I placed my hands upon my knees, palms open to the sky. I wanted to send the message to the universe, which perhaps meant myself, that I was open to receiving. I didn't know what yet, but I supposed that was the purpose of remaining open. With the song of the river to guide me, I began to pay close attention to the sounds that encompassed my riverside refuge. The bird song became more nuanced, each whistle and call falling into the rhythmic syntax of language. The river spoke, too, with the many voices of life, deep and murmuring, high and lilting, laughing, whispering, crying, singing. In the undergrowth beside me, something rustled softly in the dry, sibilant husks of dead canes. Leaves rustled overhead as the chattering birds hopped to and fro, exchanging conversation. My own breath flowed in and out, inhaling with a quiet rumble of air rushing into my lungs, exhaling with the soft whisper of it leaving again. I began to pay more attention to my breath, the thoughts in my mind becoming quieter and quieter as I simply listened and counted. One, two, in and out. Three, four, I felt my body, still but for the rise and fall of my chest, the expansion and contraction of my belly. It went on and on, eleven, twelve, the calm of the world around me seeped through my skin, calming the tide of mental rumination that often seemed to accompany me. And I kept going and going. After one hundred breaths, I lifted my hands in a gesture of gratitude and slowly opened my eyes. The scene struck me afresh with its beauty, the clarity of the water even finer than before, the blue of the sky and green of the trees more vibrant, the light of the sun brighter and more vivid. Everything appeared to sparkle in a technicolor version of itself. 
I sat, refreshed, awash with a kind of peace and contentment that matched the scene around me. I felt the river calling me, beckoning me into its crystal waters. This morning was all about feeling the earth, about connecting to the temple of nature I found myself in. With this as a guiding desire, I shed my clothes there among the cane stalks and stepped down onto the undulating carpet of smooth round stones below. As I walked, my feet were massaged by the pebbles and stones, each offering a moment of pressure in the heels, arches, and balls of my feet, smoothing away any tension I might have held there. When my toes met the water, I felt it reverberate through my whole body, coursing through each cell. Slowly, I waded in further and further, the stones turning to sand beneath my feet. The coolness of the river engulfed me, carrying all the freshness of the mountain spring that was its source. When I reached the center of the flow, it was much shallower than I'd anticipated, only waist-high. I sank down slowly, almost submerging myself, and kneeled there for a while, allowing the water to stream around me. I felt my hair rolling along with the current, gently brushing my neck and back. My fingers I allowed to peek through the surface of the water and felt the coolness of the air on my fingertips, the water seeming warm in comparison. I felt the sand hug my knees, my shins, my feet and toes, letting myself sink down into the earth. And again, I breathed. I breathed in the river, the canes, the grass, the loquats, the juniper, the orange grove, the passion fruits, the pomegranates. I breathed in the sky and the sun. I breathed in the stones and the sand. I breathed in the life that was around me and in me, that coursed through me. I breathed and I continued again. One, two, in and out. That brings us to the end of tonight's story, entitled The Garden of Earthly Delights, written by the one and only Jazz Meyer. I really hope you enjoyed this beautiful tale as much as I did. It's been a pleasure reading for you tonight. I hope you're feeling relaxed, rested, and totally at ease. You're feeling excited about a nice, long, restful evening. I want to say thank you one more time for allowing me to be your tour guide tonight and for going on this journey with me. 
you enjoyed tonight's story, there will be plenty more to come. So we look forward to reading to you again. That's all for tonight. I'm Blake Farha, and I want to wish you a good night, sweet dreams, and I'll see you in Sleep County. <laughs>